Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello everybody, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White says hello. We're back for episode 44 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today we have a Spark in Our Lives episode with someone who we really resonate with. Her journey, her lifestyle. We loved this conversation, didn't we? Oh, we did. Yeah, indeed. But before we get to our guest, we want to give a big thank you to our episode sponsor, Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that we love and don't feel anxious about burning in our home. That's right. You know why? Because natural soy candles are not toxic to the air inside your home. And with Southern Oak Artisan, they have the best scents. Sommelier Chardonnay is burning right here with us as we record this. And it's so nice. Morning Brew is still my favorite. Well, that's no surprise. (laughs) It is a really good smell, though. There's so many lovely scents, and we're in the season for candle burning. True. When is it not candle burning season? That's true. Well, you can go to southernoakartisan.com and use code ADVENTURE for 10% off of your candle order. We'll link it for you in the show notes. Thank you so much, Southern Oak Artisan, for all you do for our podcast. Well, let's get to today's guest, Caitlin Arndt. Caitlin and her family sold their house, car, and most of their stuff to live and travel the U.S. in an RV. This is just so inspiring, so much synergy. We can't wait to get to it. I mean, we can't wait. You want to just go ahead and get to the conversation? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We are so excited about today's guest. Caitlin Arndt is a writer, mother nature lover, and full-time traveler. Together with her husband, two kids, and two cats, yes, two cats, she sold her house, her second car, most of their stuff, that sounds a little familiar, Mm -hmm. right? And traded up to a life of adventure. She's been calling state and national parks home ever since. Her mission is to help more families build a life they don't need a vacation from. You can visit Talk Wild to Me blog at talkwildtome.com to learn more. We're going to link all that in the show notes. But we're going to learn a lot more through this conversation today. Caitlin, it's like we're looking into a virtual mirror, except we settled into an actual, you know, home at least for now, you know, we rent, but wow, we couldn't wait to talk to you because we have so much synergy and are so excited to see how this journey began. So welcome and thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I just want to say, I love your podcast. You guys have made our last couple of travel days so much fun because we've been listening (laughs) to your content and I think it's great. You asked one of your, you talked about, you said something about a Baz Luhrmann quote, Baz Luhrmann, I don't know how you say his name, but one thing every day that scares you. And you said, I don't know who says that. I think it's Baz Luhrmann. He's one of my favorites. Um, yes, and, uh, that was Emily, I, I think. To his wear sunscreen thing. And I was so happy all day. So thank you for that. I'm oh, really happy oh, that is him. You know, you're right. Oh, okay. I'm so glad. And you know, I'm glad you said, I have like quotes and things above my desk. And a lot of them are things that people say on the podcast, like little nuggets. And I have that here, but I don't have a person. And it's been reminding me, I need to look that up. I need to look that up. But now I'm going to put Baz Lerman. There you go. So, yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you do. And, you know, we say it all the time that this is all a learning experience for us. When someone says they started listening, I always say, okay, when I look in the beginning, I don't even think we had a microphone. We didn't know what, I mean, I still don't know what we were doing, right? Mm. <laughs> we're winging it. Yeah. But thank you for your support. That means a lot. Of course. Well, Reading your blog, we've been reading a ton of your blog and again, so much about the journey and sort of how you decided you were going to make this decision and 
you know, when you talked about creating a life that you don't need a vacation from, I feel like that is exactly what we are aspiring to. And I think so many guests who are on the podcast have the same sort of line of thought, which is why when we have these spark in our lives guests, it always sounds like a soap opera, but you and all of the guests are truly a spark in our lives. It sort of creates this spark and rejuvenation. Like, yes, that's the path we're on. And so there was so much about your blog that we loved and but it sounds like everything started to shift for you and your family when you started gardening and as brown thumb city people, I'm using my finger quotes for those who can't see it. What made you want to begin gardening in the first place? Yeah, totally. So when we moved to North Carolina, we moved from Chicago. So whenever I say I'm from North Carolina, people are like, you don't sound like it. We all are thinking the same. Yes, I sound like I'm from Chicago because I am. But when we moved to North Carolina, one of the first things that we did is we went to see some friends of ours who live on the coast of North Carolina and they're big gardeners. And we were there, we were getting ready to have a meal. And my friend was like, wouldn't it be great if we could have coleslaw with this meal? Like, doesn't that sound good? And everyone was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I was expecting, like as someone who came from a city, okay, now we're going to go to the store and we're going to like get what we need for coleslaw, right? (laughs) But they just like walked outside to their garden and just harvested everything that they needed for the coleslaw and then whipped up this like best coleslaw I've ever had in my life. So it was all so fresh. And as we were coming home from that trip, my husband and I were like, we should really garden. Like we should do that. That was so cool. Just like their relationship with food. That was really great. And when we bought our house, one of the first things we did is wrap it in a privacy fence because we lived on a really busy road. We have two little kids. So we needed to have a fence around it so that they wouldn't go out into the street. And through that, we got this, they had some special deal or whatever, a thousand dollar credit. And we were like, we should use that thousand dollar Lowe's gift card that we got from that fence and get the stuff we need to start a garden. And so we did, we tilled up our yard and our love of gardening grew from there, I guess. Okay. (laughs) We, and that was while you were in North Carolina. Yeah. Right after we moved, which was okay. We started our garden, I guess, maybe for the first time a couple of years ago. Yeah. And (laughs) we have found same thing. I feel like it does make you start thinking a different way. And well, if I can, and it does give you sort of some confidence too, when you actually have something that grows (laughs) and we're like, yeah, what else could we do ourselves? And what else could we, you know, sort of go the minded of sustainability and all of that. So I can totally understand how it would sort of spark this whole journey for you. Yeah. So You know, we understand the whole, again, finger quotes, American dream, what everyone considers, you know, the norm, their norm. And we talk about that a lot on here is that, you know, that whole lifestyle and the pressure of it and all of the burnout that comes with it. We completely understand that. What made you decide to downsize to living in an RV specifically? And before you answer that, can you tell our listeners where you are currently? (laughs) Yeah, I can. Sure. So we're at an alpaca farm right now, about an hour away from Rocky Mountain National Park, which is where we're headed. We're going to Rocky Mountain National Park next week. So we'll be there. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so our RV that we moved into, it's a 25 foot RV. So we have about 200 square feet of living space. And we have two kids and two cats and then my husband and I. And why we decided to move into an RV specifically You know, I guess the main reason is because when we had our home in North Carolina, if we weren't outside gardening or doing something to take care of our house, we wanted to be in state parks. That's we wanted to go hiking. We wanted to be playing in creeks. We wanted to be exploring new things like that's where we wanted to be. And so we also, you know, one of our goals is to have a yurt, you know, or some type of small, tiny house in the mountains of North Carolina, which we fell in love with. But that's more expensive. So we weren't able to, at the time when we were doing this, we weren't able to like go out and actually purchase land. You can't just like get a mortgage to purchase land, right? Yeah. There's no house on it. And then, you know, yurts themselves to construct a new yurt is like another 30 grand. And so, you know, my husband and I are not made of money. So being able to buy a 25 foot RV with the housing market, the way it was when we sold with COVID, we actually were able to make enough money to buy the RV with cash on the sale of our house. And so it was kind of like this 
it's not, it wasn't exactly what our ultimate goal is, but it was going to take us a step closer to now we live in state and national parks, which is where we wanted to be. And it was something that we could afford to do at the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's too cool. I just, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. We saw your pros and cons list mm-hmm. and about, you know, this whole experience. Is there anything after all this time that still takes some getting used to? I'm thinking specifically too about your cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I would think that a couple of the biggest things it takes them getting used to. So and let's talk about the cats first, I guess, since you touched on that. So before we left, we actually had four cats. We really like cats. And we had a lot of people in our house. We only have two cats with us now. And so I think it's really important if people are considering making a lifestyle change into something like RVing to be really honest with yourself about the pets that you have because of the four cats that we had two of them we knew wouldn't do well on the road one of them was always trying to get outside on our property that we had and that was dangerous enough because we lived on a busy road and we knew if we took that cat with us that the likelihood that he would run out the camper door anytime we opened it and with having two little kids you know that's a lot to manage that there was a good likelihood that he could run away and so now he lives on a 10 acre rescue farm in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And they send us pictures oh. like every couple of weeks and he's just living his best outdoor oh. life. <laughs> could never do with us anyway. And then we had another cat who like, if we would go on a camping trip or something and be gone for a few days and then come back, she would hide from us for like three days. She was oh. very like sensitive to change of any kind. And so yeah. with traveling, we were like, that's just not going to work. So she lives with, one of my friends from a garden club I was in in North Carolina, and she is also living her best life, which is great. And then we have our two cats that are with us now, and they've adapted really well. So Fruit Loop, our older cat, she's 15. She's been with us for longer than her kids have. She's so adaptable. She's, you know, she does great with the road. She doesn't care about travel day. She sits in between the kids, loves it. Well, who is our other cat, she's a little bit younger. I thought she was sitting by me when we started, but she's moved on. She's a little more sketchy, so she does okay. She doesn't love travel day, but she's finally to a point now where she doesn't need to be in a crate either. She can, we wrap her up in a blanket and she just lays there most of the time. So they've adapted. They've done well. I think the biggest things to get used to is just around like not having a dishwasher. We had to stop on our way to our current campsite this morning to do laundry in a laundromat. Like those kind of things, like not having the modern conveniences that we were used to with having a home. It's been almost a year now and we're still getting used to it. Okay. You know what I've realized? What's that, Jer? People think that when the temperatures cool down that you don't need to drink as much water. Dehydration can happen any time of year. Drinking water is important year-round. It's easy to stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Absolutely. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet, so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. So many flavors to choose from, too. Grape, tropical punch guava, passion fruit, strawberry. Okay, okay. Liquid IV has a ton of flavors. <laughs> there is something for everyone. If you want your water to work harder for you, you should definitely try Liquid IV. And for our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com and use code Arner Adventures, you can save 15% and get free shipping. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. We actually don't have a dishwasher here in our home and the little house that we rent. And I don't know. I think we're kind of used to it now, but you have to stay up on it. Lordy, you have to stay up on it. So the thing about us is they'll accumulate in the sink. I don't know what happens with you guys, but yeah. Yeah. So we live off the grid. We didn't for the first eight months or so. We were in state parks most of the time. So we had electric hookups and water hookups and all that stuff. But the last few weeks and the next you know year or so, we're going to be off the grid. So when you don't have water, not having a dishwasher is even just harder because it's like, how am I going to do dishes when I barely have enough water to like take showers? You know what I mean? So sure. that, part, that part's really hard. Okay. Okay. So another thing I'm thinking, you know, traveling full-time, being on the road full-time, living in an RV... I think it's all magical, but we learned from another, someone was a podcast, Graham Brown. He lives remotely and location independent. We were talking about how everything sounds like it's sunshine and rainbows, but let's get real here. You know, there's, there are some real cons to it. And you have, like you said, you have to really be 
ready for any kind of lifestyle that you think you're going to get into and really talk about the cons too, to see if you can handle them. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, one of the major cons is not having access to a primary care doctor. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, especially with kids, but I'm, I was thinking if it was just us two, when we think about, oh, let's just go live on this remote island or whatever. The next thing I go, well, we're getting older. You know, what happens? What happens? You know, so I'm wondering, has traveling full time made you get away from Western medicine? And do you use more herbs and natural ways of medicine when someone is sick? Or how do you handle all of that? Yeah. So I think there's a few things that I think about when I think about this question. And one of them is we're actually not sick very often as a family. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's like on accident. I think that has a lot to do with the way that our lifestyle is. So we spend a lot of time outside. Kids get a lot of vitamin D, like fresh air, all that good stuff. But we're also not, you know, I work remotely. I don't go into an office. My kids don't go into a school. Like we're not going to places where people come together and germs are spread, right? Just the act of living so close to nature and living outside, I think is what helps us to not get sick as often. There have been two times in the year that we've been doing this where we've had to go to doctors. One time is because I stepped on Bug's tail because, you know, it's really small space. And she bit me and I had to go to the doctor and everything was fine. But, you know, and then one other time we went to Disney World for a family vacation and my husband got like gross Disney World water in his ear and got a really bad ear infection. And yeah, we did have to go to doctors for both of those things just because, you know, we just had to. And it was actually the urgent cares and our insurance takes, you know, my company, people are located across the US. So we can use our insurance no matter wherever we are. And so that's made it really easy. We had no problems with either of the urgent cares. But yeah, we take, you know, we have first aid kits with us. Like we've been using herbal remedies and elderberry syrup and things like that since before we even began this journey. Um, okay. And those are just more important to our routine now, I would say, than they right. I can completely see that. And especially when you started talking, Jerry and I have read so much about, and we know so much about it, just about how being outdoors and just getting outdoors mm-hmm. is so much healthier for you. Not only yeah. are you more active, but yeah, it's just everything about it, mentally, physically, everything about being outdoors is so much healthier for you. And I keep thinking, and we don't have kids, but what a wonderful mm-hmm. lifestyle and upbringing your kids have. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, right? Oh, yeah, I would yeah, I would think so. So they'll probably appreciate being outdoors for a lifetime. Right. Because of yeah. how you've established that. They'll yeah. be mother nature lovers like you are. <laughs> they probably already are. Yeah. Yeah. As a mom, like that means a lot. So thank you. Yeah. I you know, they're out there playing with alpacas right now. And it's just oh, I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, yeah. who, else is, who else's kids right now are playing with alpacas? I don't know. I mean, yeah. probably not a many in, in the world, I would say. <laughs> right? Not many. <laughs> not many. <laughs> I mean, I just think that's absolutely wonderful. Okay, so you talked about working remotely, of course, and weekly classes for your kids. I'm thinking that you homeschool them and do all yeah. of that too. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, you're here with us today talking to us, and I'm thinking you needed Wi-Fi or cell service or something, but more specifically, I think Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that I think we think about is, well, okay, if we ever did this, would we only work you know, when you get near Wi-Fi or how is this? And then I saw on your Instagram, the Starlink suggestion, mm-hmm. is that something that you had when you first moved into the RV? Or was that based on a learning experience that you gained knowledge of while you've been on the road? Yeah. So we have only had Starlink since June or July of this year until really recently, until around that time, actually Starlink, you were only supposed to have it if you were stationary in one spot. It was like Starlink and it's for this residential address. But around that time, they opened it up and they said, if you pay $35 more a month, you can have it and you can travel wherever you want. And so, yeah, so we've been using that for about three months. I'm using it right now. It is amazing. But let me tell you about what we started with. We started with a, it's called a Road Warrior bundle from a company called Mobile Must Haves. And basically how that system worked is it was an antenna on the roof and a router and it worked off of cellular networks. So it came with a high data 
AT&T plan. Ooh. And if we had AT&T service, then we had internet. And it's like better signal than what you would just get with just being on your phone with AT&T. It boosted uh -huh. the signal. So it, was, it was a little bit faster. Now with that internet, we had about eight megabits per second, which if that doesn't mean anything to you, most residential homes have like 100 megabits per second or higher is considered oh. high internet. So eight megabits per second, which was like the best that we got with that system. Actually, it was the max. You couldn't go higher than that because AT&T would throttle you after that. So that was oh. the best we could do. And it was good enough. I work for a video software company. And so I work with big video files all day. I take a lot of Zoom calls. It was good enough. I think we only had of the eight months we were using it about two, maybe three weeks where we couldn't use it. We also had, so that plan was AT&T and then my husband has Verizon and I have T-Mobile. So we had all the networks and when we needed to, we would just use our hotspots to kind of make yeah. it for And then there were a couple of times, like a couple, two or three weeks where just, we didn't have any internet at all. So one time was in Davy Crockett National Forest in Texas. Yeah. Gorgeous state park there. It's called Mission Tejas State Park. It's an absolute hidden gem in Texas. If you're ever there, check it out. It's really okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, but there's gonna be no, you're going to have no cellular data. Okay. And so for that, I actually had to commute into the town about 30 minutes. And I worked in their library, which was just this like beautiful, majestic building with all these gorgeous like bookshelves and really high walls and ceilings and all that. I got really lucky. They had like a whole private room they let me use all week. It was Wow. I just got really lucky. I would not expect that that will be your norm. Right. Um, find internet in a campground, but I happen to get really lucky. And then with Starlink, we love Starlink a lot. We've been using Starlink now since June and it works great. I'm right now, I'm getting about 100 megabits per second. So oh. about normal people internet speed. And we spent last week in Roosevelt National Forest near Rocky Mountain National Park. I didn't have Verizon signal. I didn't have T-Mobile signal. I'm sure I didn't have AT&T either, but I had Starlink all week. And so did two of our neighbors that were in that campground with us. So it's wow. working really well. Yeah. So you're glad you made the switch? 100%. Yeah. So listen, we're probably not the first to introduce you to the topic of CBD or CBD oil. If you're anything like us, it seems like every time you turn around, you're seeing a neon sign for CBD sold here at your local grocery store, in a window as you're driving by, or it flashes across your screen in an online ad. Shannon's sister told us about the benefits she was having from a brand she was using, and then we started paying attention to that brand. Spoiler alert, that brand is Danodan. Full transparency, we get about two to three CBD brands reaching out to us every week. And it wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned that CBD isn't always CBD. They're just not all the same. Danadan Hemp Works makes organic hemp flower infusions. They're more than just CBD. Danadan's range of hemp products dissolve easily into any liquid and support your routine by helping you manage daily stress, promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusion specifically designed for pets, and Betty White uses it every day. She loves it. We put it on our food. And with Danodan, you'll enjoy all the benefits of legal hemp, not just one or two compounds isolated in a lab. Get 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. We'll link it for you in the show notes. That's 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. Danodan, more than just CBD. I mean, if you hadn't told me any of this, I wouldn't think you were at an RV because I would think, oh, she's not going to have service. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what we were going to do today. I just thought, well, she's going to go to some kind of an internet cafe or whatever. And then when I saw the Starlink, I thought, well, I don't know how good that's going to be or what. But I mean, look, we've had other people who have had more lagging and anything. I don't have anything with you. Everything's great. Yeah, it's really good. We love it so much. Yeah. Wow. It's also much more affordable too than the other solution we were using. That high speed or that high data AT&T plan was like $200 a month. We pay about 135 a month for Starlink. Okay. Mm. Wow. That is a big difference. Yeah. So I think what we're really interested in here <laughs> is the dumping station. I mean, you're the planner for the trips. Is looking for a dumping station something that 
you always have to consider when you make trips. You read all these horror stories online about folks who have terrible experiences with their, <laughs> their dumping. Yeah. And that's just always horrifying in my mind. And sure. I know your husband takes care of that part, but in your experience, have any of those stories been true? Just, we need to know the real dirt in the dumping situation. Yeah, 100%. So I think you asked me earlier about what's something that takes some getting used to, like having to think that much about like your family's waste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting used to that part. I don't think yeah. I'm used to it. <laughs> so yes, we have to, like, that's something that we have to think about a lot. Now, before we started off-grid camping, like we have yeah. in the last few weeks, we didn't have to think about it as much because almost all state parks are going to have dump stations. So when we had reservations at a state park, we also knew we had a dump station. There was one time out of all the state parks we visited that the dump station just happened to be closed, but we were going to another state park that had one. So we just used that one. That's not ideal because waste weighs, it like has weight and you oh. don't, when you have to think about weight when you're living in an RV. So, right. and like how much your truck can tow. And so water actually weighs something like, it's like eight pounds a gallon or something like that. So, you know, it's always best to dump huh. before you travel. And so now that we've been living off grid, we didn't have access to a dump station last week, for example. We have to think about, okay, well, as we're going from point A to point B, where is a dump station on the way? And there's actually a lot more of them out there than you think. So okay. we had no problem finding one in the middle. It was actually like at a gas station. So maybe oh. you see places where people are getting rid of their waste, just like in your daily life. And you don't even know it. You don't. That's what I'm just sitting here thinking. I bet we do. <laughs> yeah. I bet we do. We just didn't think know, about that. Yeah. Right? You know, mm -hmm. Jerry and I, when we were getting ready to sort of make our downsizing transition and all that, we were looking at tiny houses as well. Our whole thing was, yes, the land part. And, oh, some places don't want you to put a tiny house there. And so, you know, all that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we always were more curious about was, yeah, the toilet situation. And, okay, well, how do you handle that? And then we were looking at the different kinds of toilets that would be in a tiny house. And it was a lot to think about. And you're like, I can't even believe that we have to think this much about our waste. But you do. It's a fact. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> and, 100%. you know, it was something that I think we had to consider more than anything else. The rest of it we didn't care yeah. about because it was just like, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, it yeah. was my biggest, my biggest question when we started. I just kept asking my husband like, okay, but where does that go again? Like we have to do what with it? I was just like so worked up about that. But it's, you know, it's, it's that bad. in terms of the horror stories, you know, we have had one time where we were in a real rush and we tried to, so the hose that you use to get the waste from your black tank into the, whatever it is, septic tank or whatever that you dump into, yeah. you're supposed to use this elbow joint. It basically looks like an L and it helps mm -hmm. connect you into the thing where the waste goes, or the hose. And we tried to just like skip that joint part and just put the hose into the thing and like put some rocks, like, you know, <laughs> it sounds really <laughs> weird. It's not quite as weird as I'm making it sound, I guess. But, you know, for about like 30 seconds, we had like, it just didn't go right into the hole. And it was like, kind of a mess, but not really, because they still have a container around it, but still. And so we learned from that, like, just always use the elbow joint, like every time. Yeah. <laughs> and we never had, that's been like the biggest problem we had. And it wasn't really that it wasn't a crisis or anything. So, you know, for the most part, it's easy breezy. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you don't want to end up like I read this story recently about the you ever hear that about the Dave Matthews band bus? Yeah, I heard that. And they dumped and apparently it happened many years ago, but it was just yeah. the anniversary of they dumped the stuff off their tour bus over an overpass and it landed on top of another vehicle. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> to this no. day, to this day, I think we still no one is admitting or anything. We still don't know if it was purposeful or not. But they got charged. I mean, of course they were charged yeah. and all of this yeah. stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was quite a few years ago. I know. I didn't remember it. I recently read about it. Do you know like, when oh. she started talking about the dumping, I go, oh, yeah, like that Dave Matthews thing. And then you said it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. Uh -huh. And now I'm thinking, you know, you hope that most people follow the rules, too, and do it the right way. <laughs> right. Mill it. You know, God. Yeah, I've, I've heard horror stories about people like dumping into garbage bags and stuff. Like, just not, just like, don't yeah. do, do 
do it right, y'all. It's so important. Yeah. And, and all of us. Like just yeah, and all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and all of us. So okay, and I'm thinking about this too, just thinking about you hope people follow the rules and all that. When you're in we camp a lot, but we don't, you know, we haven't been camping across, you know, the US or anything like that. So forgive me if this sounds idiotic, but if you are going to a national park and you do you often I like to think of tiny house communities and things like that as being more community oriented and everybody kind of is kumbaya, gets along. Is it like that when you're RVing in national parks or do you not really have neighbors so much or what's that situation like normally? Yeah, I think it varies for different families and their, you know, personalities. So my husband and I were both pretty introverted. So that's not like, you know, usually we have enough space from our neighbor. Like we just really value privacy and just having our own space is good. But there's a lot of people that I've met virtually through Instagram who hopefully our paths are going to cross as we head out West. I would love to find people like friends that we had back in North Carolina who just share our values and get along with our kids. A lot of times with the RV community, you'll find families who you know, find connections like that. And then they travel together for a while. They go from place to place together right. and uh-huh. they, you know, they camp together and their kids play and that's great. And so I hope that we build that community over time. We haven't yet, but we just got out West and so many full-time RVers are here out West. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that that's going to happen. But, and I think, so if you're someone who is more extroverted. There are things that you can do. There are groups, full-time families, and just different groups and rallies and things that you can do to kind of help meet those people and form those connections. But for Mitch and I, you know, we just valued just having time as our family. And so we've been fine with the community that we have, you know, virtually and our family and friends are back home. I would think that we would be fine with that too. I would like to know that Jerry and I had this really primitive camping experience one time with the dogs. When, when we had our second dog, he was still with us. And I remember thinking, this is going to be great. We're not going to have anybody around us. And then it got dark Mm -hmm. and it was in the mountains of North Carolina and it was very primitive. There was no electricity. It was no, nothing. Of course. Yes. It's beautiful. You can see the stars. There's no light pollution, all of that. But then forgive my language, but shit gets real. And you start going, yeah, there's definitely eyes all around. Like, I mean, you just flash the light and there were just animal eyes everywhere. And it's almost like you had to sort of get past that and just go, okay, this is nature. We love it during the day. We're going to love it at night and take safety precautions. But I'm getting to a point. (laughs) I would be more scared of the people in a situation like that than the animals. And so do you ever have safety issues or is it pretty safe because you're in a national park? Yeah. So I would say the first eight months of our trip, when we were staying at places like state parks, they're gated most of the time, not always, but most of them are gated. You got to have a pay a fee to get in or whatever. And there's rangers because the state parks aren't very big. So like, as I work from home, so I'm in here and I have a big Mac so that I can see all my stuff and whatever. And that could be kind of intimidating, I guess. Like it will be intimidating when we're in more remote places because I'm like, oh, I have this like big computer that like everyone can see. And like, what if someone wants it or whatever, you know, those kind yeah. of things. But when we were in a state park and you have a ranger coming around every half hour, like not so worried about that. Now, yeah. last week we stayed at a really small campground in a national forest in Roosevelt National Forest. And there were only five sites. And my husband went to get groceries and the kids and I stayed in the camper. And that's something that like, that's fine. We've always done that. Right. But we've always been in state parks where there's so many other people around. Yeah. And it started raining, which it frequently does in Colorado. And I started getting on edge because we were right by a river and is it going to flood? And just like, so I started kind of spinning up a little and then someone came into the campground and started circling the campground and they were he was just looking for campsites that's what we do when we're looking for campsites seeing which ones are open okay can I park here is it open whatever but I was already spun up from the thunderstorm and I was like what's this guy doing does he you know (laughs) what am I gonna do I gotta like shut the door and lock it and whatever and that was the first time where I was like oh like I got to think a little bit differently about this because my husband is 35 minutes away getting groceries because we're in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And so 
yeah, I think you have to, especially when you're going to more remote places off the grid, you have to think about safety for sure. Yeah. Do you guys carry anything like maybe bear spray or anything like that yeah. with you? Yeah, you we do. have bear spray, pepper spray. So like we take the necessary precautions, but I yeah. personally, because that was the first time where I've ever actually been in a situation like that, I didn't even know where the pepper spray was. Like yeah. it didn't even cross my mind to like, well, where is it? You know, it's in my husband's closet where it always is. But like, oh, I know. My husband <laughs> manages that usually and I don't ever have to think about it. So yeah, but also, also, I think when you get in situations, and we know this from a situation we've had, you get in a situation and if you start to panic, you can know exactly where the pepper spray is, but you will forget where the pepper spray is. And all yeah. of those things go in your head. And you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah. The pepper spray was right here in front of me the whole time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So mm -hmm. we read that you intend to be on the road for another three to four years. Mm -hmm. Do you think after that time you would ever want to own a house again? Or is your heart still set on the yurt? Or what other options are you exploring? Yeah. So I never say never, right? Because if yeah. you would have asked me even this time last year, if we would be living in an RV and doing this, I would have laughed at you probably because I would have been like, what? Mm -hmm. This was like a really like... We made the decision to do this in September. We sold our house in October because the market was so hot and yep. we left in November. Like it was real rapid fire, right? So mm -hmm. I believe that people can have a change of plans. Yeah. So I always keep my possibilities open. But with that said, I'm pretty sure that we will never have a house that was as big as the house that we had ever yep. again. We had a 2,400 square foot house. And I think we probably lived in like three rooms of it. You know, my yeah. kids at that time, they were so little, they still slept in bed with us. So we all, we had four bedrooms, but we used one, you know, we that used happened. our kitchen yeah. and we used our sitting room that had the biggest view of the backyard where the backyard chickens were because the rest of the time we were outside in the gardener hanging out with the chickens, you know? So yeah. Why would we ever have that much space again when we didn't use it and all we did was fill it up with stuff that we didn't even really want? Um, <laughs> yeah, so for sure, probably not that big ever again. And then my heart is still set on the yurt in the mountains. Yeah. My family wants to build a cabin in the mountains. My husband's very handy. He's like a big DIY guy. He knows how to do something like build a cabin or can figure uh -huh. it out. And so they're set on the cabin. I'm set on the yurt. And I guess we've got three to five years to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. We have options. So that's good. Yeah. But that's true, though. You, you know, we've seen the little studies where they show they do like a time lapse of where people walk through their house and you end up mm -hmm. using like 15, 20 percent of your house in a lot of cases. You know, a lot yeah. of people do that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you're on the right trajectory here with. Yeah, as we are trying to and the, you know, live small. The same thing happened to us where everything happened so quickly too. And but when we had our house, I remember you used to always say, wouldn't it be nice if we could just cut it off right here because <laughs> we could just stay here? Yeah. Because we only spent time in one area all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that does happen. And I'm thinking too, another thing, it happens with your wardrobe, if you're that might before it used to happen to us when we had just tons of clothes and we felt like we needed a lot of clothes. You don't mm -hmm. wear the other stuff. Sure. No. Yeah. I have 15 outfits in uh -huh. the camper. We did laundry today. And I know for a fact that there are five outfits that I could get rid of because they're still in my closet every single time we do laundry. Yeah. And so even I with 15 outfits need to purge. Yeah. For sure. You can always have less stuff. I feel like as humans, we just want to collect a lot yeah. and it's really hard to get rid of things. And the smaller you go, I feel like the harder it is to get rid of things. But everybody should be looking at that. We wanted to take a pause for a second to tell you once again about how much we love Sugar Wish. If you're a regular listener, Sugar Wish isn't new to you. You already know how much we adore the fact that we count on Sugar Wish to send gifts to people. Why? Because it's easy. Yes. It's a time saver. Yes. You know the recipient is going to love it because they choose what they want. That's right. And it's not a gift that's going to take up space because it's edible. Yes. What's not to love? You forgot something. What's that? You save money because we have a code to share with our listeners. Oh my gosh, that's right. Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift to someone. 
We also have the link in the show notes. Yep. Whether you're gifting someone candy, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, or some dog treats to one lucky pup, that code works to save. Sugarwish always saves the day. And it happens. We, we talked about this earlier today. It happens and you don't even know it's happening. It's like we're so, we, we think, oh, we're so great at this. We're so, we don't ever bring in random stuff. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, how did this get here? How did yeah. this crap get here? Okay, yeah. it needs to leave. It needs to leave. It's like you get, sort of get complacent and you fall back into the routine and ruts of it again. And then you go, wait a minute. Yeah. Let me stay focused. I don't need that crap. Well, and you almost need a rule, I think, when something new comes in, whether it's sent to you or whether you purchase it, maybe something has to go. Yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. It's the only way to keep the flow going and keep it down. And you know. yeah. My sister does that with her kids, with the girls that she and I'd say she lives sig she doesn't live minimally like we do, but she definitely lives minimally, I think, for most people. Her my brother-in-law and the girls, but she does that with them, with the kids. If they want a new toy or she's like, okay, well, what can we give away to someone who needs toys? And they have to get rid of stuff. And so she's done really well with that. But yeah, we're just yeah, in a I different think, mindset. I think while we're on the topic of toys, because the hardest thing for us to give away when we sold our house was our kids' toys. Yeah. As a mom, man, I had a lot of guilt about that. They didn't even play with most of those toys. Like I was just reading some research that like 44% of American kids only play with five toys or fewer and 80% of them only play with 20 toys or fewer. Well, my kids had a lot more toys than that before we did this. And yes. I had such a hard time letting go of them because I felt like those are my kids toys. And I can say now having been doing this for a while that they don't miss them. They have like, we have Legos that they have, they have their craft supplies. My daughter has her baby dolls you know, they have the toys that they probably would have been playing with, even if we still had our playroom full of toys and toys and toys. So kids too are really resilient. So I think for a lot of parents, that could be something really hard to let go of just from like a mom guilt perspective, but don't feel so bad about it because it's actually yeah. helpful to kids. You oh. have fewer choices, just like for adults, when you get too many choices, you can get paralyzed by that. And like, what do mm -hmm. I even play with? I don't know. And so I think it makes it easier for kids. Yeah. We get that way. And I'm not even really being funny. I'm really being serious. We get that way about Betty's toys when she has her toy box. And then again, it just accumulates, accumulates. We're like, oh, she's sad. Let's get her toy. Let's get her toy. And then yeah. it accumulates. And then I'm like, we got to get rid of this. It's overflowing like a mountain. Mm -hmm. And then we get rid of them. And I go, oh my God, I feel terrible. I feel terrible. I just got rid of her toys. This is all she had, you know, but <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know. She doesn't, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, these other toys haven't seen them in forever because they were buried down the bottom of that toy right. bin. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have the desire to travel to places that an RV can't take you, like other countries? And is that on your list to visit? Or are you just sort of like, let me check off the U.S.? Or like, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So my husband and I are really different. So I'm the one who's like, I'm much more flighty and spontaneous. My husband keeps me grounded and it's good. We're really good balance for each other. I want to go back to Europe. I've been to Europe when I was in high school. I've visited France and Germany and Belgium. When I was doing my business degree, I had an opportunity to go to Thailand, but I didn't end up doing it. I got pregnant with my son no regrets there, but Thailand has always been somewhere that I've wanted to go. And yeah. I'd love to take my kids and experience it with them. With that said, I can't yet get my husband to even take me to places like Canada or Mexico. He is very like, he's very, you know, he needs a minute. Uh, he knew I was going to say this on the podcast, by the way. So I don't okay. have permission. So we're all okay. good. Yeah. So he's just, so my plan and my kids are also in on it because they also want to go to some of these places is we're going to get dad to all 50 states first. And well, because we can't even get him to go to Hawaii because he doesn't love airplanes. But okay. we figure once we get him to the 49 other states, like you got to go to Hawaii now because like, yeah, you just got to yeah. got to check uh, it. Got to check yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then once we get him to Hawaii, then it's like, well, you did that plane ride. Now, how about we, you know, go to Europe now or whatever. So <laughs> we're working up to that. We're not quite there yet, but yeah. okay. <laughs> how many states are you at now? I think we're at 20 states. So wow. far, we missed a lot in the Northeast. So we did the South and the East Coast, like the Southern East Coast first. And obviously a lot in the Midwest where our family's from. And then now we're doing the Southeastern 
or the sorry the southwest yes. and then uh -huh. next yeah. next summer we're going to do the pacific northwest so yeah so but that's why we think it's going to be another three to five years because to be able yeah. to see all the things we want to see like it's just some places you can't visit in winter you can only visit yeah. a year safely anyways so yeah that's why we think it'll be a while because we got a lot to see gosh i just <laughs> this is amazing i mean it makes me want to, okay, let me ask you this really quick, not to get into finances, but I'm just curious, did you do a lot of research about an RV or were you just like, let's just find a deal or like, what were your thoughts about that for guidance yeah. is what we're thinking? Sure. sure. Yeah. We bought a truck. My husband had wanted a truck for a really long time. We bought a truck, not because we intended it to be a tow vehicle. Like this living in an RV wasn't even in our mind when we bought the truck, but actually what guided the decision was two things. It was about the amount of money we were going to make on the sale of our house. So that, uh -huh. and also the size of the trailer that our truck could reasonably tow safely. You can only tow so much weight with a certain truck. And we have a midsize. Wow. Truck. We have a Chevy Colorado. So we were limited by that. And it just so happened that the limits that we had in terms of weight aligned very nicely with our budget in terms of the profit on our house. So those two things worked in tandem. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Well, this is the part where we get to your fast five questions. Hiking or stargazing? Stargazing. Okay. <laughs> Movie night or game night? Game night. Summer or fall? Definitely. Oh, that's a hard. I said definitely, but it's not a definite. <laughs> <laughs> for the RV life, fall. For the garden life, summer. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Number four, Christmas or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Okay. And the last one, neighbors or no neighbors? <laughs> no neighbors. Now we know. <laughs> we now we know that one. before yeah. we got to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was actually a fast five. A lot of times that was. We, we get hung up on a lot of, A lot of times people have to think a lot deeper about these when we ask them. These were pretty easy. Let yeah. me ask you this really quick about your garden. Do you miss gardening? I do. Like, yeah. How, yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. miss gardening a lot. So... We just spent the summer at my dad's house. So we live with my dad and his wife because both Mitch and I's dads turned 60 this year. So okay. we were in the Midwest. My husband also did the DIY solar project while we were there this summer. So yeah. we installed solar on our rig. So we were stationary for about six weeks or so while we celebrated those birthdays and did those things. And my dad's wife has an amazing garden. She's a gardener as well. And for the first you know week or two that we lived there, it was hard for me to even like go outside to her garden because it was just like, it was like a Aww. grief feeling. Like I missed my own garden and it was just sad. And she invited me. She was like, would you like to plant some potatoes? And I was like, yes, I would. And I did that. And it was so nice to just like see them grow during our time Aww. there. And so, yeah, I miss gardening a lot. I will be happy Aww. when we have garden again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the question that we ask everyone is your final question is, what does a life well-lived mean to you? Yeah. So to me, a life well-lived is all about living a life that's in alignment with your values, not anybody else's, not society's, not your mom's, not your friends, like whatever yours, the things that you value, build your life around that. Because when you do, you're going to be more fulfilled and you're going to be happier and you're just going to live a more authentic life. So a life that's in line with your values. That's what a life well lived is to me. Mm. I like that. I do too. I got chill bumps. Whenever <laughs> I get chill bumps, I mean, I get chill bumps with almost all of them because they're all so good. Yeah. Everybody has their own and they're all like, yes, yes. But I got chill bumps with that one. Well, gosh, Caitlin, this was great. I yeah. learned so much. I can't wait to keep following your blog, your family's adventure. And while we're on that, please tell our audience where they can find you and how they can follow your adventure with your family. Yeah, absolutely. So we are on Instagram at talk.wild.2.me. And then our website is also talkwildtome.com. We are working on building up a blog there. So yeah, come hang out with us. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. This was so great. I, again, just the level of synergy, but also inspiration from you guys is really exciting. Oh, I think it kind of took me away. I'm just on the road, you know, out, <laughs> know. The, out in the nature. So I know, yeah, I know, very neat, very but thank cool. you so much for being here. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. This is my first time as a guest on a podcast and it was so much fun. Oh, so cool. I appreciate it. Cool. And 
really y'all are doing great work. Like your content lifts me up. So um, oh. I'm continuing to listen. So thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And tell your family we said hello. It was great to meet you. I will. All right. I'm going to go play with some alpacas, y'all. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes us want to just sell our the rest of our stuff and go get an RV right now and head out on the big stretch of highway across the U.S. Oh yeah. No, it just, it definitely gave you that wanderlust kind of feel that yeah. I think comes back around us, you know, pretty often. But <laughs> it does. You get little bits of inspiration from other people that kind of reignite it in you, you know, mm -hmm. and she was definitely one. She definitely is the whole adventure with her and her family and the two cats, yeah. the kids. Yeah. I mean, what a life. I mean, what a life for her, her husband, the kids. Yeah. I mean, they were at an alpaca farm today. At That's a, where they were. Oh, yeah. And you could tell she was having a good time. Yeah. Sounded like the kids were having a great time. They're outside a lot. Yeah. And right after the episode, she texted us pictures of the alpacas and the kids interacting. I mean, it's just lovely. It, Yeah, it really is. It really is. Like you said, a lot of synergy, even right down to our names. Right? Yeah. That Arner, Arnt. Yeah. Little consonant heavy on theirs. Like they're missing a vowel. Oh. <laughs> well, they might think that we have just too many vowels. We might be a little vowel heavy for that. But whatever. <laughs> I think we can work this out. That's true. Yeah. Well, if this episode resonated with you or you know someone who is just... Wow. Hey, I think that I might get an RV or somebody that you think should go get in an RV. <laughs> go ahead and share it with them. You know, they might they might go ahead and head on the road today. You never know. But we would love it if you'd share it, screenshot it, you know, tag us, tag Caitlin. All of that information is down in the show notes. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people out there who'd be interested. Yep. As always, you can find us at ArnerAdventures.com on Instagram at ArnerAdventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>